you have a question you want to ask this morning? All right. Um, well, we've been looking at um, this topic on Sunday mornings about the, the law and uh, basically going through the kind of the Ten Commandments and seeing if we can find these before God gave them to Moses on Mount Sinai, right? Uh, many times we think that the Ten Commandments were given at Mount Sinai to Moses and to Israel, um, but I think as we've been looking, we can see these uh, these laws that God gave, not just to Israel, but these were to, to anyone. These were to everyone. Um, and so we've gone through uh, really the first seven. Uh, we've looked at uh, not having any other gods before uh, the Lord God, uh, not bowing down and making uh, images. Um, we've looked at uh, not taking the name of the Lord uh, in vain, uh, keeping the Sabbath day, uh, honoring your parents, uh, not murdering, and then not committing adultery. Uh, so we've looked at those uh, seven there. Um, so let's then think about the, the last three. We'll kind of go, we can just kind of go through these one by one. What about um, the eighth commandment, thou shalt not steal? Do we find that in the uh, time period previous to Moses giving uh, the law at Mount Sinai? Do we find uh, uh, anything, would God say anything about stealing or do we see anything that God would have said about stealing before um, God giving the, the laws to Moses on Mount Sinai? Anybody? Yeah. Ms. Patty? Uh, Genesis 27. Okay. Genesis chapter 27. Um, when you have uh, Jacob and Esau... And um, Isaac is wanting to bless Esau with the birthright. And, um, and so he tells him to bring um, a special meal. Um, and when Esau goes to, to hunt and to find the, meat, this, the, the deer and kill it and then prepare the food, um, you have Jacob and Rebekah, and they kind of conspire and prepare uh, the meal, and of course, Jacob covers his arms and his neck with the the goat's skin, and um, and then of course they they deceive Jacob um, into giving the blessing to um, Isaac uh, instead of to Esau, um, and so basically Jacob has stolen, um, or Isaac has stolen that blessing, or Jacob stole the blessing from uh, Esau, his brother. Okay. Um, anywhere else? Do we find anything else about stealing? And of course, we know that story didn't turn out very good either, right? With stealing. Okay. Any others? Um, how about in... Um, Genesis chapter 30. Um, Genesis chapter 30, where um, Laban basically is accusing um, Jacob of stealing, uh, stealing the flocks and things. Um, of course, Jacob knew uh, it was wrong. 
to steal, and Jacob wasn't stealing, but Laban was accusing him of stealing. Um, and of course, Jacob, um, even when he leaves, uh, he just takes only those animals that, um, that were his. Uh, in verse number 33, So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall be for my hire. Uh, before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And so Jacob says, look, go, go through, go through the, the herds, and if you find any that didn't meet the requirement of what was supposed to be mine, um, he said, you're, you're not going to find those because I, I, I didn't steal anything, right? I didn't steal them from you. Um, what about in Genesis chapter 44? Genesis chapter 44, um, and of course you find here where the 12 sons, or really um, the 11 sons of Jacob uh, go down to Egypt, and of course Joseph is already there. He is the uh, kind of the ruler there, um, and uh, in verse number uh, 7, and they said unto him, wherefore said my Lord these words, God forbid that thy servant should do according to this thing. Behold, the money which we found in our sack's mouth, we uh, brought again unto thee out of the land of Canaan. How then should we steal out of the Lord's house silver or gold? Um, and again, so these are, uh, you have Egyptians dealing with the, um, you know, the 12 sons, uh, the, the tribes of Jacob as they're beginning here. And he says in verse 9, With whomsoever of thy servants it be found, both let him die, and we also shall be my Lord's bondmen. Right? So they said, look, we didn't steal anything. Right? That's, they, they understood that stealing was wrong. Okay? Um, and again, you don't have to, um, with so many of these, you don't have to have the, um, if you wanted to say the written word of God, to know that these things are wrong. Why? Because the Bible says he's written these things in their hearts. Right? Uh, again, that's why you can go even to, um, it doesn't matter what, you can go to the most depraved people on earth, and even they know stealing is wrong, right? Uh, you, don't, you don't steal something, okay? Um, you know, and if you get caught, there's going to be punishment, right? Um, in Uganda, if, if you're a thief and you get caught, they're going to put a tire around you and burn you. That's just called mob justice there. Why? Well, stealing is wrong. You, you don't steal, Okay. Um, and so again, we find we find this whole idea of people understanding that stealing was wrong before God ever gave this command to Moses, right? Before it was ever given to Moses on Mount Sinai, all throughout the book of Genesis and Exodus, we find stealing is wrong. Okay, um, all right. So um, what about the what about the ninth commandment? Right, the ninth commandment. What is the ninth commandment? Not bearing false witness, right? Uh, we're not bearing false witness. Um, we're not lying, okay? We're not supposed to lie. We're not supposed to bear false witness against people, okay? Um, do we find this before um, before God gives the commandments to to Moses? Where do we find this, Miss Patty?
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so both Abraham um, and Isaac um, on different occasions um, where you have with Abraham, uh, you have Abimelech um, and sees Sarah, uh, wants to take her for his wife. Um, and then, of course, God speaks to him and says, hey, you know, this is another man's wife. Um, but did Abraham lie? Well, because that's what Abraham says, right? And look in verse number 12. And yet, indeed, she is my sister. So what's he saying? I didn't really lie. Did your kids ever do that? Well, I didn't. It wasn't really a, a lie, right? No, it was, it's a lie, right? He's deceiving, okay? He says, for she is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife, okay? Say, so, well, she, you know, there's kind of a half-truth here. Um, but if it's not the whole truth, then it is, it's a lie, right? Um, and so, of course, yeah, you have Abraham, and then Isaac does the same thing, lying about, um, about uh, their, their wives, saying that they're just their sisters, right? Uh, what else? Any other examples of that? Is it Corey? I kind of went all the way back to uh, the curse and the fall of man. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, in fact, you know, the first lie really that we would say that we have recorded is, is the devil lying to Eve, right? Um, of course, we understand that the devil is not a human being, but um, in Genesis chapter 3, in verse number 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Wait a minute. God said, The day that you eat of it, thou shalt surely die, right? I mean, if you go back to... Um, verse number chapter 2, verse number 17, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. God's words. The devil says in chapter 3, verse number 4, Ye shall not surely die. What is he saying? Well, you know, God's a liar. So the devil's accusing God of being a liar, while he himself is the one that is actually lying. Okay, And that's why even if, when you go back all the way to um, John chapter 8, I believe it is, John chapter 8, I know this is New Testament, but the reference goes all the way back. John chapter 8, verse number 44, what does Jesus say? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, right? Uh, Again, there's the, um, he is the one that is uh, attributed to murder, even though it was Cain that murdered someone, right? But then he says, um, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it, right? So again, here again, he's referring to him as being the father of lies, okay? Um, And we find that first recorded lie, we could say, um, again, not of mankind, but first recorded lie. Satan lies to Eve saying, you shall not eat of the tree. God says, you're going you're gonna to die. Satan says, no, you're not going to die. So he's, he's lying to Eve. Okay? Um, any others? What do, you, what do you think? 
Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. That the lying is the old man again. No, no, nobody in here that has children had to teach their children how to lie. Nobody had to teach you how to lie. Right. We just come by naturally. Right. That's that's our nature. Okay. Um, what about Job? Again, this is. We think of Job, understanding Job is the first book. Uh, really the oldest book that we have in Job chapter 31. Um, as Job is speaking, he says, Doth not he see my ways and count all my steps? If I have walked with vanity, or if my foot hath hasted to deceit, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. Right? Even Job said, I have tried to walk in such a way that I've, I've not been deceitful. I'm not lying. I'm not trying to deceive anyone. Right, um, Job knew it was wrong to deceive people. Okay, in fact, if you go back and read some of the accusations that his friends made against him, uh, they they made some pretty some pretty harsh, very uh, rude accusations against Job. Uh, and Job said, "Look, I've tried to walk in integrity. I've tried to walk in a way where I have not deceived anyone. Right, um, and God knows that I've walked. Uh, if I have walked with vanity, or if my foot hath hasted to deceit." Let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. Um, and he says, I've tried to, to live in such a way that is, that is honoring to the Lord. Okay? Um, and then what about, let's see, I got, I've got another one here. Uh, may have been one somebody already mentioned. Job, or I, not Job, Genesis um, 37. Oh, yeah, Genesis chapter 37. Um, after Joseph's brothers have sold him, what do they do? And it says, they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the coat in the blood, verse 31, verse 32, and they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, this have we found, now know uh, whether it be thy son's coat or not. And he knew it and said, it is my son's coat, an evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces, right? Now, did, again, we can play semantics here, um, but did they actually lie and say that Joseph had been devoured by a beast? Not with those words, right? They didn't do it with those words, but they, um, have, you ever, have you ever said something simply trying to put a thought into someone's head without really saying those words? Yeah? This is what they did. They had the coat. They brought it to their father. Um, but what did they do when they brought the coat? They killed a kid, a, a goat. They dipped the coat in blood. And no doubt they probably tried to tear the coat up a little bit. And they said, this have we found. Now know whether it be thy son's coat or not. Right? So they said, Dad, we found, you know, we found Joseph's coat. That was a lie, no doubt. But they didn't necessarily lie and say that an animal had killed him, but the thought has been placed into Joseph's head because notice what it says, or not Joseph, but Jacob. And he knew it and said, it is my son's coat, an evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without a doubt rent in pieces, right? So just by what they did, the deceitfulness of 
bringing this coat already in blood and shredded, they've put the thought into their father's head, okay? And, and I don't know, I mean, this is something that, um, you know, I think they, they dealt with this uh, their entire lives until they, they came face-to-face with Joseph years later. Um, I mean, every time that they, they looked at one another, they knew what each of them had done. Um, the, the deceitfulness of not only that time, but for the years and years of keeping it. And every time Jacob, their father, would mention Joseph, bring it up, what they had done and the deceitfulness of it, right? Um, and the guilt that they would have had to live with for those years, uh, knowing that they had sold Joseph and not knowing what had happened to him, right? Uh, which I think is one of the reasons why when Joseph presents himself as Joseph, they were so afraid because for years they have been, you know, so wondering what happened to him, um, not knowing and living with that guilt and things. So um, you have the, the lying and the deceitfulness that goes on there, okay? Um, obviously, in the same, kind of in the same idea, you have um, Potiphar's wife lying about Joseph, you know, because uh, Joseph doesn't uh, succumb to her seductions, and so uh, she lies and says that uh, he tried to, to rape her and, and, you know, all this type of thing, and so she's lying about him. Uh, so even before, again, even before the, the God gave the commandments, we see that lying was looked down upon. It was wrong. It was sinful. Okay? Um, and then what about the last, um, the last commandment here? Um, thou shalt not covet. Okay? Obviously talks about thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife or his house or his maidservant or uh, anything that he has. So basically coveting uh, anything. Right? What do we find about Scripture about coveting? Again, we're talking before the law was given to Moses. Josh? Okay, well, she stole those, yeah. I mean, she, she, would steal, she had stole her, uh, her father's idols and things, um, right? Um, that would definitely be one dealing with both stealing and lying because even how she, she deceptively tried to, to hide them, right? Um, what about coveting, though? Anybody have any on coveting before? Yes, ma'am. Very good. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, when Leah was able to have children, Rachel wasn't, and she's wanting children, right? Um, so there's, yeah, there's that's part of covet- covetousness, wanting what somebody else has. Uh, and then, of course, because of that, then she... Uh, gives her handmaiden things. Okay. Yep. Any others on coveting? Yeah, I think, I think James very aptly speaks of that. Um, if you go back to the book of James, again, we're looking at a New Testament principle here. Um, in James chapter 4, 
He says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? So what is that? That's, that's coveting. You're lusting, right? Ye lust and ye have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not, right? So there's that, there's that desire for things, that lusting, that covetousness, right? But then when you go back to um, uh, chapter 1, he says in verse number 13, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is drawn away, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. Right? Um, so, again, seeing something, you know, just the act of seeing something is not wrong. Right? But then it's, what am, I, what am I doing with that after I've seen it, right? Um, and that's where, again, it goes back to the, to the mind, to the heart. Um, if I see something, um, am I simply coveting, lusting it, wanting it for my own, uh, desiring it for myself, right? And therefore, because I want this, uh, you know, I will do whatever it takes to, to get it, uh, like David, right? Um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, before, yeah, Nishiro? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, because Abel's sacrifice was accepted and Cain's was not. Um, I mean, I guess we could say that Cain was wanting to be accepted by God, but just doing it his own way. Um, I don't know if I would. I don't know if we would say that, that was be coveting, um, because once he did not get the acceptance of God, of course, then that's what leads him to kill his brother. Um, Mm-hmm. Right. Josh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, Eve starts right. You know, she starts with the right response. Hey, God says we're not supposed to do this. Okay, she starts with the right response. Hey, this is wrong. I'm not supposed to do this. But the problem is she doesn't get away from the temptation, right? She stays there with it. Satan keeps talking to her. Instead of just saying, no, God said not to do this. I need to get away from it. Satan keeps talking to her. Um, Of course, he deceives her. And that's when it says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, right? That's, That's coveting. There's something there that I don't have. There's something that I want. And therefore, if this is what it takes to get it, then I will do it, right? And so she took of the fruit. She ate of it, right? Um, that, that covetousness, okay? Uh, I thought I saw another hand. Corey? Oh yeah. You look at them deep enough, you're like, oh wow. Like, it really does prove mm-hmm. that you're guilty if you 
Well, what does James say, right? James says, sin is the transgression of the law, right? But then he also goes further and says, you know, you can say, well, you know, I've, I've kept, you know, most of the law. He says, if you have broken one, he doesn't say you're guilty of one. He says you're guilty of all, right? Um, if you go back to the book of James again, um, In James chapter 2, in verse number 10, he says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Right? You say, well, I've never murdered anybody. Well, that's great. Please don't. <laughs> right? But do you know you're guilty of murder? Well, how am I guilty of murder? Because you've lied. You've lied. Every one of us is a liar. Okay? We've all lied. Yeah. Um, and so God says, look, if, you have, if you've offended in one point, then you're guilty of all, right? You can't just say, well, you know, I've only broken one of the commandments, the other nine I've kept. Wait a minute. Did you break a commandment? Yes, then you broke the commandments. They're, they're not, you can't just single them out. You can't just say, well, you know, when I look at God's laws, I, I'll just single out certain ones. No, if you break God's law, you broke God's law doesn't matter if it's one or if it's 20. You've broken them, right? And that's why I believe God says, look, just because even if you think you can keep one, by the way, we can't even keep one, right? Nobody can even keep one, okay? Um, but he's saying, even if you were able to, whosoever should keep the whole law, and he's saying actually keep all of them except for one. He said, you're still guilty of them all. You're guilty of all of them, Right? So yeah, they they all they're all tied they're all tied together, right? Um, uh, again, thinking about Job um, in Job chapter thirty-one um, about coveting. Uh, even Job said in, in uh, chapter thirty-one, verse number one, he said, "I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid?" Right? He said, "I've made a covenant with my eyes. I'm, I'm not going to to lust. I'm not going to covet after something." In verse number 9, if mine heart have been deceived by a woman or if I have laid wait at my neighbor's door, right? He said, look, I, I've made this covenant so that I'm not going to, uh, to be um, to sin. You know, I'm, I'm trying to protect myself from uh, this temptation, okay? Because, uh, again, we're, we're all tempted, okay? Um, and, again, it's not, the, it's not the temptation that is sinful, Okay, that's what he's talking about back in James. He said, every one of us are tempted. Okay? But what happens is the temptation is there, but then what do we, how do we respond to it? Okay? If we run away from it, right? if we turn away from it, if Eve would have turned away from the temptation and just walked away and said, no, I'm not eating this, get away from me, I'm, I'm going to go back and uh, do whatever, she, she wouldn't have sinned. She wouldn't have sinned. Right? And that's exactly what Jesus did, right? When he was tempted by Satan, Satan brought the temptation, but what did Jesus do? He used scripture. He said, No, not gonna, I'm not gonna fall to this. Okay? And he was able to turn away from it, and he didn't sin. Okay? Um, and so it's not the temptation that is sinful, it is how we respond to the temptation. Are we going to yield to it? Are we going to dwell upon it? Are we going to keep thinking about it? And again, the more we meditate upon it, then the more we want it, and then the more we want it. And I think that's why when you go back to Genesis chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 6, um, 
In Genesis chapter 6, in verse number 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts right, of his heart was only evil continually. Right? God, doesn't, God doesn't speak about the actions, although there's no doubt that the actions were evil. He goes back and he says the, the thoughts of their heart were evil, right? Which means if their thoughts of the heart were evil, guess what they were doing? Evil, right? He says that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In verse number 12, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Um, so again, it goes back to that, that heart issue, Okay, and that's why even when you come back to First John, um, somebody says, "Well, I've never committed murder, right?" Well, in First John, God says, "If you have had hatred towards someone, you've committed murder." Now, how many of us haven't had hatred towards someone? We all have, at some point or another, right? We've all done that. Okay, this is why he's saying, if you've broken one. <laughs> There's a whole lot more that you've broken. You've broken them all, right? Um, and so I think we can see, as we've been going through here, um, this God's law that he had put in man's heart. Again, go back to what we were looking at before in Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. He says, for as many have, verse number 12, for as many have sinned without law shall perish without law, and as many have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. When the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves. Again, so even in, the, even in Genesis, we find those that we would say they weren't part of God's chosen people, right? Um, you had those that weren't part of Abraham's family, we would say, but yet they understood that murder was wrong. They understood that stealing was wrong. They understood adultery was wrong. They understood coveting was wrong. They understood all these things were wrong. Okay? Why? Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile ex- accusing or else excusing one another. Right? So God says he has written these laws in man's heart. That's why we were talking about before. It doesn't matter where you go. Guess what you find? You find people having a desire to worship God. Now, it may not be the right God, but they have a desire to worship God. That's why they'll make a, a rock their God, or they'll make the sun their God, or the moon their God, or a river their God, or a frog their God, or whatever it might be. They make something a God, because God has put it in their heart to worship God. Right? Um, and, and we see all these things, even, of course, to the Gentiles, he says. The Gentiles know all these things, okay? So it's not just, well, you know, the law was given to Moses and Israel, and so that's where everything began. No, there were certain laws that were given to Moses and Israel on Mount Sinai that we would call like the ceremonial laws um, and some of the social laws and things like this. But what we would call these moral laws, it's not just for Israel. God has written these in every person's heart, okay? Every person's heart, okay? Um, so if we would understand there is what we would say um, the law of God, 
which God's law is, is forever, okay? God's law began at creation and goes on, okay? So we would say, are we still under God's law today? We're not talking about the, we're not talking about the ceremonial laws and, and these other laws. We're talking about these laws that we have seen before God gave the law to Israel. Would we still be under God's law today? not a trick question, <laughs> right? Is it still wrong to commit murder? Yes. Is it still wrong to steal? Yes. Is it still wrong to do all of these things? Yes. Right? God's law hasn't changed, okay? Uh, again, the, the law of God it began in, in creation when God created mankind, and God's law hasn't changed. Now, when he deals with Israel, does he give them some different laws regarding uh, how they're, they're religious rituals and their ceremonies and things like that and livelihood are supposed to be done? Sure, yes. Are those laws for all mankind? No, those were given specifically to Israel. Okay? If those laws were for all mankind, they would have been given at the very beginning. They would have been given at the beginning. Okay? But they weren't. They were given specifically to Israel. But there were laws that God gave at the very beginning, what we would say these moral laws. Okay? So when we come to the New Testament, right? Let's go to the book of Galatians here, right? In Galatians chapter, uh, let me see. Um. That's not the one. I'm missing one real quick. Hold on. Um, let me find a verse here real quick. Where is the verse that says that Christ has fulfilled the law? Somebody, anybody remember that this off the top of your head? Um, Galatians 2.16. No. There's a verse that basically says Christ has fulfilled the law. Can you read that? What's it say? No. Say that again. What was it? That's not the verse I'm looking for. uh, I apologize, but there's a verse that talks about how Christ has fulfilled the law, right? And the point I was wanting to make with that, and I'm sorry I don't have the verse in front of me. Maybe I'll find it as we go through. But when Christ fulfilled the law, again, sometimes people have this idea, well, if Christ has fulfilled the law, then therefore we are not under the law, right? If he fulfilled it, okay, then therefore that means that the law is done away, and therefore we are not under the law anymore. Is that Romans 8? What verse? 
Yeah. Um, so, the, so basically, there are those that say because Christ has fulfilled the law, then that means we are not under the law anymore, right? Again, kind of what we're talking about on Sunday nights about this liberty that we have in Christ, where we're not under the law, okay? Well, again, God's law that he gave at the beginning, this moral law, is forever, right? There's never going to be a time when God, that, that moral law, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery, there's never honor thy parents, there's never a time when that law ever goes away. That law never goes away, okay? Um, but when we think about the, the ceremonial laws that Israel had and the, the sacrificial laws and things like this, those were only for a specific time period. They were for a specific people and for a specific time, okay? They were for Israel, and they were for the time pointing to the Messiah that was going to come, Okay? And once that Messiah came, all the whole, the whole sacrificial laws and everything, they were all done away with. Why? Because Jesus Christ finished that. He was the sacrifice. There's no more need for bulls and goats and everything and pigeons and all these things to be sacrificed because he is the sacrifice. Okay? But go with me to Galatians 6, and we'll probably have to stop here. So what does, and you can think about this this week, so what does he mean in Galatians 6 where he says, in verse number 2, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, So there we have the law of God that God gave that is eternal. We have the law of Moses, we would say, right, that is given to Israel with the ceremonial laws and the religious laws and things like this. But then he also speaks of this law of Christ. He says, um, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, So what is the law of Christ? Obviously, we don't see the law of Christ in the Old Testament. right? You're not going to see the law of Christ in the Old Testament. Why is that? Because Christ wasn't there yet, right? He hasn't, he ha- I mean, he's there, he's in heaven, but he hasn't come yet as Messiah. Okay, He hasn't come as Christ yet. Okay? But now that Christ has come, Paul speaks about this law of Christ. He mentions the law of Christ a couple times. Um, so what is this law of Christ? All right. So we'll uh, think about that this week, and next week we'll kind of get back into this. What is this, this law of Christ? Okay? Um, and how, because how are we to fulfill the law of Christ? If we don't know what the law of Christ is, how can we fulfill it? Because he says fulfill it, but what is it? Right? Um, so we'll have to stop there. Real quick, Corey. I said Romans 8 for us, I think it's 10 for For Christ is the end of the law and righteousness to everyone that believes. That was the one I was looking for. Yes, thank you. All right. All right, you're dismissed.